There is a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that I think applies to us today as well. I want you to turn to that passage one more time in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In fact, I'll just go back and just as was read for us by Josh, I want to read it one more time because I want us to look at the life of the Apostle Paul before he's converted, after he's converted, look at the fruit of his life. And look at how he views his life as well as the lives of other faithful Christians. Because it pertains to our walk with the Lord today from whatever conversation of life, whatever circumstance of life that we are currently involved in. And and there's a good spectrum just in this room right now. So that said, for I am the least of the apostles, of which some were even discounting his apostleship. I am the least of of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me or with me goes on to say therefore whether it was I or they so we preach and so you believed I want you to consider these words because when we're talking about God's grace toward us um, I, I find that very appropriate as as a segue with what went on this past weekend camp what we've been talking about in our Bible uh, class in this room regarding the Holy Spirit And these words from the Apostle Paul ring so, so beautiful in my heart that I need for you to to understand what he is saying so that you look at your life in the way that he looks at his own and at other disciples' lives in the first century. Again, the Apostle said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I want you to stop and consider. Here's a man who was a well-known Pharisee loved God with all of his heart, served him with a pure conscience. But he hated Jesus. In his mind, with a pure conscience, Jesus was a blasphemer. Jesus was anti-God. In fact, so anti that he made himself out to be God. And it was no greater duty than the Apostle Paul than to put to end the lives of those who declared themselves followers of Christ. That was his life. And for all that we can read of in the book of Acts, starting with chapter 8, chapter 9, we see a change in him. We see him on the road to Damascus. A light shines and he hears the voice that says, Saul, Saul, why are you kicking against the goats? In other words, why are you doing the impossible? If I can translate in a paraphrased manner, you may be persecuting my church, but all you're doing is adding fuel to the fire. It's hard for you to kick against the goats. You cannot succeed in what you're doing. You're fighting a losing battle. And in a nutshell, Saul becomes a Christian. By the grace of God, 
He is added to the number of, of all the saved because he loves God with a pure conscience and he wants to do what's right and he's now convicted of all that he's done against Christ, against his church. And so now he wants to serve the Lord and, you know, what do I do? And he, so he's told what to do and we see him in Acts chapter 9 and, and the obedience to the gospel call. After three days of complete sorrowful repentance, I believe that's what took place as he is fasting and praying. But here he is now. Instead of persecuting the Lord's church, he is building it up and bringing others like him into this kingdom. That's what he is doing as a servant. And that is why when he was saying, you know, even though I'm not worthy to be called an apostle, I worked more abundantly than the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but the grace of God that was in me or with me. That's where he's coming from. He says, it is by the grace of God that I am what I am. And I saw Carly. Taking the time, I'm not going to say her name, but this young lady, to spend time with her, to teach her, to comfort her, to console her, and to influence her to Christ. It is by the grace of God that Carly was used as a servant of our Lord. And all of us in our lives, no matter what our circumstance, Kyle, you're visiting, but that's what you're saying. Whatever the background that we have, we're all as children of God, children of God by his grace. Whatever the circumstances, whether you are brought up in a believing household where your parents teach you every single day and, and you have morning devotionals or evening devotionals or you have Bible studies or you're just taught throughout the day, you're brought up in a believing household. It is by God's grace that you're in this family to teach you these things, to have this wonderful and stable setting. Not perfect, but wonderful and stable when you contrast that with children brought up in an unbelieving household where you may, you may see drug deals in your living room. You may watch your mother die because she's being shot in your face. Or as one of our speakers on Thursday night, he watched his friend's family all get killed before his face and messed up his mind. And to have that kind of a lifestyle as you're growing up where there are drive-by shootings, where people, it's all about me taking what I can, stealing because we don't have or because I just want it, having no sense of morality in, in a standpoint and when you contrast to the scriptures. Whatever the situation, you have those who are in the body of Christ that were under those circumstances and those in the body of Christ under completely opposite circumstances were still bought by the same blood. It is still by the same grace or gift of God that we have salvation. Same. 
whether our past was morally clean or filled with felonies. And I don't know if you remember Cheryl Holt, brethren, your sister in Christ, incarcerated 326 times before she learned the gospel. Still struggling with the ways of her past. I think right now she's homeless on the streets of Nashville. She's still bought by the blood of Christ. This is your sister in Christ who needs encouragement from Christians who have no clue what her life was like. Nearly 40 years of prostituting your sister in Christ, bought by the same blood. Galatians chapter 3 says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We're all one in Christ. Whether you're rich or poor, whether you're from the city or the country, whether you're from this country or Hawaii, that other country, whatever, whatever your background, brethren, we're all one in Christ. You think about that. And it's not an us versus them. It's we in Christ Jesus. With all of our past, with all of our mess, with all of our ugliness, including all that looks prim and proper. We're all one in Christ. I am what I am by the grace of God. Brethren, never forget that phrase. You are what you are right now with all of your past, the good things and the ugly things, by the grace of God. And you can be used by the grace of God in this way. One of the wonderful passages just before going to camp and lost all cell connection, um, someone uh, put in a preacher talk, one of the gospel preachers, I forget where he's from, but he was mentioning how there are some within the body of Christ that are full of tattoos. And you look at them, and some of you, we get scared. Like, <laughs> hit the toe. On the face, on the chest, on the arms, on the back. I mean, every inch. Your brother in Christ. And they're going to go to a population that you would be scared to death to talk to, and they feel most at home with to share the gospel. And you may share the gospel with people that they would be scared to death. Yes, in all of their tattoos, they would be scared to death to go to because they would be like fish out of water. In other words, by the grace of God, I am what I am. We are able to reach all kinds of people because of the diversity that is in the body of Christ. And while the apostle Paul was a Jew among Jews, you know where he went? He was called to go to the Gentiles. He was called to get out of his comfort zone. And brethren, that's what took place with Allie this week. She got out of that comfort zone in a big hurry. If I told you the story that she went through this week, you'd be praying for her right now. Glad she is well and she's still smiling. <laughs> get out of that comfort zone. We got to reach the lost. We cannot be content with just being right in this room. And brethren, I say that you've heard it so many times from me, and you're getting out, and that's wonderful. Keep expanding that comfort zone past those boundaries. Reach the lost. Because you are what you are by the grace of God, and you're called to work. And that is why Paul could go on to say, 
and his grace toward me was not in vain. And that's the last thing you ever want to say about your walk with God, that it was in vain. In other words, you are who you are so that you can reach those you're going to reach. But if you're not going to exercise the gifts that God has given to you through his spirit, if you're not going to take the talents that he's blessed you with, the open doors that come your way through life, you will never grow in him or your growth will be very minimal. And I, I don't mean to step on your toes to make you feel bad from that way. I mean to tell you that right now you can start serving if you've not been serving in this capacity. And this capacity is not like at camp or anything like that. It's in your, it's in your bubble of life that you can willingly expand to reach others. But please, if there's anything you can say for yourself, say that his grace toward you was not in vain. That's what he's saying. Oh, I forgot to change the, I had a different photo that, on the update. My bad. We can serve him, serve our God, our fellow man, you know, to love God, to love our neighbor, right? Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39. And you get to see the fruit of your labors. That is the most wonderful thing. Think about the fruit that we are seeing when we have visitors from our community because we share our love with them and we share the good news with them and you see the fruit of that. Think about it. Whether it's your family members, whether it's your neighbors in your subdivision, whether it's your coworkers, you trust and you obey your God rather than man. You serve your God and as a result, we see souls, precious precious souls added to the body of Christ because you are used as his vessel of honor and, and you give him the glory for that. And that is why you can be able to say, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Stop and think about that. So when we have opportunities to go and, and help people who are in need or to share the gospel with people who are lost in their sins, it's not a matter of, well, I'll wait till we go someplace foreign. It's right here in our own yard. Right here in Franklin, in Williamson County, or in Middle Tennessee, this is our community, brethren, that we can share the most wonderful news of life. But take these words to heart. His grace toward me is not in vain. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed, one of the most wonderful things is to see whatever fruit that is gained, whether it was you, whether it was someone else, whether it was anyone else, whatever the situation is, the bottom line is souls believed and souls are being built up in Christ. That's the, that's the end game. It doesn't matter who did it. It doesn't matter that there's this person that is preaching in this pulpit. It doesn't matter that it's just um, men that are shepherding the flock here. It's the totality of all of us here in this room as well as brothers and sisters in Christ outside of this room that lead an individual soul to Christ. They're led to Christ. That's the bottom line. They're built up in Christ. That's the bottom line. So at the, at the end of this week, we're leaving the campsite, and finally we go into Gallatin, and I have minimal T-Mobile Sorry, T-Mobile, you guys don't do very good <laughs> in your cell service area. But we finally had a little bit of cell service, and then my whole phone blew up with text messages, emails, and then Facebook doing its thing. 
And Cindy Andrews had her post on Facebook. Some point earlier in the week, and I don't remember who it was too, but she, David was out of town or someplace, and she was needing some help. And I even forget the circumstance of this, this post, but she was needing help. And a couple of the men, I think Wes was one of them, if I remember correctly, are there for her, her plea. That's what family does, right? We're here to share one another's burden and so fulfill the love of Christ. And I just love the fact that Cindy shared it with everyone because it was so edifying for me to leave camp and just to see, here's my, my family in Franklin loving on each other, sharing our lives with one another. And how beautiful that she could lean upon her brethren to do things when her family was not around to, to be there at that moment. Because she has a greater family, the family of God, who was. And so whether it was this person or that person, it just happens that we had a brother who, you and whoever else was with you, uh, Wes, to be there at that moment. And next time it's going to be someone else there stepping up, stepping forward. That's what we need. One more illustration to bring this point home. About six, seven, eight, nine months ago, I remember when, when Steve Garrett started having the men's uh, study once a month on Saturday. And it was, I think, the second or third class. I was finally able to make it to this one study. And, and among the men that were there was Will. And Will said, men, I need you to pray for me. I struggle. And he listed his struggles. And here's Will with a life that most of us cannot conceive that he's gone through. And one of the things, the lesser things, but still important to him, very, very important to him, said, I struggle because I'm addicted to nicotine. This week, he contacts Julie and says, it's been one week. It's been seven days since I touched the last cigarette in my hand. His very first words to me was, not, hey, Mitch, how was your week? <laughs> Ten days. What a way to greet a brother. I'm telling you, brethren, it's prayers that, that brothers and sisters in Christ have been offering, Right? The fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Do we really believe that? Because I do. That we can pray for our brother, that we can hold his hand, that we can have phone calls, whatever, to, to encourage this brother. I just use him as one example and Cindy as one example. And by all means, we could, we could have many more. But I want you to know, these are the things that we do. And when we do, it's not a matter of like, look who did what. It was done. That's the main thing. And that we as children of God do what we do and only can do what we do because it was the grace of God. That's what Paul says, inspired words from the apostle. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And I do what I do so that souls can be saved. That's our goal, brethren. This past week at the camp that took place, at the camp it takes place every single day in our walk. It's a matter of will you or will you not Allow the grace of God to be in vain or not in vain.
Be active in your walk. That's what faith is. And I pray, brethren, that this sermon builds you up to do just that. Now, we have a number of visitors here, and I don't know what your story is, your life is like, but what we do at the end of, of the, all the sermons, it's a tradition that we do this, we have an invitation. This invitation is for you to be identified with Christ. And remember I was talking about how these children want a second chance in life? We're talking about the fact that you acknowledge that you are a sinner. I shared my sins in the Bible class this morning. My sins that led me to Christ. We're all sinners. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Every one of us in this room is a sinner. The difference is a number of us have been bought by the blood of Christ and our sins have been washed away. So then we're no longer called a sinner. By the grace of God, we're called saints, children of God, Christians, disciples of Christ. And that's what we want for you. We want you to come to Christ, acknowledging that you are a sinner. You've sinned against your God who made you to be in his image for his glory and for you to take part, to partake in that grace that he's offering to you, salvation. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and you're willing to confess his name as so, and you're willing to turn away from the way you live your life to live in a manner that would bring him glory, to bring a smile on his face, then I'm asking you, I'm begging you for your sake that you turn away from this perverse generation, that you turn to Christ, that you die today so that you can walk as a new creation, a creation in Christ Jesus. That's my invitation to you. And if you're here and you're subject to that, please come right now. Come over here. We'll pray for you. We want you to be baptized into Christ. But if you're brother in Christ or sister in Christ and you need our prayers, that we can encourage you in any way, just as David shared with us his burdens with his family, share with us your burdens if you need to. We love you so much, brother or sister. We want you to know that you're well-loved and prayed for and that we hold your hands. Take advantage of this time right now. It's together we stand and sing. Amen.